Well, good morning. I'd ask you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Very, very familiar verses this morning. And as you're turning there, I'd just like to tell you we are not going to get into a heavy expositional message this morning. This morning is going to be a testimony. Um, I've noticed in the scripture sometimes the Apostle Paul just has a few minutes before he's hauled off to jail or uh, to be stoned or something like that. And he just takes a few minutes to share his testimony. Uh, I was saved during a service, an evangelist came to our church and uh, shared his testimony, and I uh, understood the gospel, repented, and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ after that testimony. And so this morning I have a few minutes, and as I prayed about what to share today, I thought of a testimony, a time in my life when some of these testimonies this morning uh, kind of reminded me of that, but a time in my life where the Lord greatly impacted and uh, changed kind of my focus in some areas that have uh, helped in the trajectory and the growth of my life all these years since then. And so let's all stand together if you're there, Proverbs 3. I'm sure most, if not all of you, could quote these verses from memory. But uh, we're going to start here, Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, and go from there. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for these precious, precious verses. How many times, how many times have I uh, been counseling or talking with someone about uh, their future, your will, and quoted these verses? Father, these are such precious verses, and we pray, God, you'd use them in our hearts today, and as we turn to many others, may the Lord Jesus Christ be exalted, and may we be conformed to his image, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So the testimony really begins um, between my, uh, it was my freshman year in Bible college. Uh, God had called me to be a missionary. I had changed my major to missions, and uh, I was on a missions trip as a missions major. We had to take a missionary apprenticeship program plan or trip, and uh, I found myself on the backside of a mountain in Cameroon, West Africa. Uh, That month, uh, we were living in a mud hut. Uh, One of of my roommates and I from college, we had gone on this trip. And and so I would each morning come out of the mud hut and duck under the grass roof and go behind and uh, sit out there behind the hut and open my Bible and spend time with the Lord. And that morning, uh, I had a lot on my mind. Uh, I, I was thinking, Lord, I see all these things here in Cameroon and And I'm wondering, God, if this is where you'd have me to serve as a missionary. And I was praying, God, show me your will. Show me your will if this is the place. Show me your will. I will obey. Just show me your will. And uh, the summer before, I had traveled uh, on a music ministry team. And I met a young lady that Dr. Lucan pointed out here as Mrs. Sinclair. She wasn't Mrs. Sinclair at that time. Uh, She was uh, Rebecca Sykes. And we had traveled together. And I'd seen her in action, in ministry, and her love for the Lord, and heart for ministry, and, and I felt like I was falling in like, and, and I wasn't sure what was happening there, and, and so I was praying, God, is this the one? Show me your will. If this is your will, just, just show me, and I will obey, and, and just crying out to the Lord like that. Well, that, more, that uh, January, it was over Christmas break, that January, I'd started a devotional book, uh, My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, and I don't condone everything that Chambers says or, or believes, but that book has, has meant a lot to me. And so in January, it was January 2nd, I was reading along in that journal, and 
Oswald Chambers writes, uh, God does not tell you what he is going to do. He reveals to you who he is. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, God, I want to know your will. I want to know what you're going to do here in my life so I can follow it. And, you, and this guy, Oswald Chambers, is saying that you want me to seek and know you. That, that can't be right. I, I stopped right there in the middle of that journal, and I began to meditate on that. And, and the first verses that came to my mind were these verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That we are to seek the Lord, not our own understanding, we are to know the Lord. That's what that big word acknowledge means. Look it up in a dictionary or a Hebrew lexicon, and every one of them say to know, to know, to know. To know him and then to trust him. And I just want to take you through a journey of some of the verses that the Lord brought to my mind that morning sitting on the backside of that mud hut there in Cameroon. So I hope your fingers are warmed up. We're going to try and go in order here. But the Lord reminded me of Psalm 42. Turn in your Bible there. We'll try to go in order through the scriptures for the most part. But in Psalm 42, verses 1 and 2, these verses came to my mind. The Bible says, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God. For the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? Well, the psalmist seemed to have the same focus as Oswald Chambers was pointing out there. Not to focus exclusively on God's will, but to turn my attention as the psalmist did completely on him and have such a passion to seek him and know him and trust him that everything else didn't even seem to matter in his life. He wanted to know him. Yes, the promise is there. He will direct our paths, but we need to seek Him and know Him and trust Him. Again, as I already said, I thought of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and that outline is right there, to seek Him and know Him and trust Him. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. These verses were uh, on my mind on that trip as well. I was making a little uh, uh, calligraphy all, uh, wall art out of these verses, and so they were on my mind, and I, I thought of these verses, Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. Here, here is Judah about to go into bondage because of their disobedience and rebellion against God, their idolatry, and God tells them, look, I have a plan for you. Look at verse 11, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me, and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God was making it very clear to the people of Judah, I want you to seek, know, and trust me. You have strayed, you've strayed into idolatry, you've strayed into rebellion, and you are going to be in bondage, you are going to face judgment. But during that time, I want you to seek me and know me and trust me because I do, in fact, have an expected, a planned end and plan for your life. Think of Daniel. Turn to Daniel chapter 11 and verse 32. I thought of Daniel's life. In chapter 1, he's carried away into captivity. In chapter 2, 
he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's first dream. In chapter 3, somehow, he, unlike uh, his friends who went into the fiery furnace, somehow God protected him and spared him from the fiery furnace. In chapter 4, he interprets Nebuchadnezzar's second dream. In chapter 5, he interprets the handwriting on the wall. And in chapter 6, he survives the den of lions. Then in Daniel chapter 11, in verse 32, the second part of that verse says, But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. How is it that Daniel could do all those incredible things? I mean, he, he didn't have any of the advantages. I heard the testimonies this morning of how thankful uh, some of you students were for your parents and how thankful you were for your friends and so forth. He didn't have any of those advantages. He didn't have chapel. He didn't have uh, parents. That he had been yanked away into bondage from his parents, never to see or hear them again. And yet Daniel had a passion to seek and know and trust his God. And God used him to do great exploits. In Philippians chapter 3, turning to the New Testament now. In Philippians chapter 3, that great missionary, the Apostle Paul, when I reflected on his life and his testimony, I thought about his focus. It wasn't, God, show me your will, show me your will. God, what are you going to do? What's going to happen in my life? Tell me what's going to happen. No, that wasn't Paul's Focus. Look at verse 8 of Philippians chapter 3. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. The Apostle Paul said, everything else doesn't even matter compared to seeking him and knowing Him, and trusting Him. I want to know Him. Above everything else, I want to know Him. Nothing else matters in comparison. Young people, is that your passion today? Is your greatest desire to know Him? We sang the song this morning about loving Him. I love thee, Lord Jesus, with all my heart. You know, you don't love somebody until you get to know them. And as Brother Doyle definitely pointed out, you're not going to obey the Lord until you love him. And you know what? When you love him, you will keep his commandments. And you know what you'll find? His commandments are not grievous. This focus of seeking him and knowing him and trusting him changed my life, even as a Bible college student. I would get up in the morning and I would open my Bible and I'd say, God, teach me something that will help me to be a better Christian today. Instead of opening the Bible and saying, God, I want to know you. I don't want to just learn more facts and details and Bible knowledge. I want to know you. Students, it's so easy in a Bible college setting 
as I'm testifying this morning to focus on the grades and focus on the subjects and focus on the classes and focus on getting through and even get excited about learning Greek and Hebrew and details about God and getting excited about all the things that you're going to be able to take into your mind and the tools that will help you in the ministry. But don't miss knowing Him every day. Don't miss getting up every day and opening this book and saying, God, I want to know you. Nothing else matters. Everything else is dung in comparison to knowing you. Students, don't miss that. Don't graduate from this Bible college with good grades and miss that walk with God. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants you to seek Him and know Him and trust Him. How many of my classmates from Bible college, we graduated together, we went through college together, and now I see their lives on social media, or I come across them in, in different places, and they're not even going to church anymore. And they're bitter about all the rules and all the things from college days. And I'm like, we, we were in college together. We, we were having a blast. It was a joy. What happened? What happened is they went through college, and they got good grades, and they, they took in all the knowledge but they missed walking with God. They missed seeking Him and knowing Him and trusting Him every day. Young people, this testimony this morning, I want to encourage you, please, don't miss Jesus while you're here in Bible college. That is possible. That is possible. To even seek His will and seek the future and seek God's plan and miss God Himself. And I don't want you to do that. 2 Peter, keep turning with me as you would. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Not only Paul, but that missionary Peter. 2 Peter 1, 3. Peter, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Even Peter as well. He wanted to know Christ. And then the Lord Jesus himself turned back to John chapter 17, the Gospel of John chapter 17 and verse 3. Jesus' own words. In case that wasn't enough for me, I thought of Jesus' own words about my focus on knowing God's will and God's focus and his words focus on seeking him and knowing him and trusting him. Jesus said in John 17, 3, And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. Jesus said, Yes, I want you to know my Father, and I want you to know me, the one who God sent, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I would like to assume that everyone here, this is a Bible college, I'd like to assume that everyone here knows the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. But maybe there is someone here. Maybe you've been hiding it in your heart. Maybe you thought it would be embarrassing to, to confess that you're in a Bible college and yet you've never repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, life is going to have no purpose, no meaning, and you know where those end in eternity who have not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Young people, life, eternal life, Jesus said, begins with believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And those of you who are children of God, Jesus says everything, everything you need to know can be found in that personal relationship 
and walk seeking Him, knowing Him, and trusting Him. Are you seeking Him today? Seek the God of the Word and not just the Word of God every day. As I said earlier, get in this book every day, not just for something for you personally, but seek to know Him each and every day of your life. Do you know Him today? I'm not, again, I'm not talking about knowing more about Him necessarily. Let me, let me give you an example. If, if I were to ask you, do you know a man named Joe Biden? I think all of us know that name. We know that man. We know about him. We know of him. We've seen him time and again on the television and so forth. But let me ask you this. Does anybody in here have his phone number? Because I have a few questions and a few comments that I would like to make to him. You know, I seriously doubt that in this room anybody knows Joe Biden, the president, well enough to have his personal phone number. We know about him. We know a lot of things about him. We know his policies and we know where he lives and we know details. We know who he's married to and so forth. But do we really know him? Young people, don't go through Bible college and learn all these facts and details about God and miss actually walking with him and knowing him personally. Seek him and know him. Jesus is not another subject in your course um, schedule. Jesus is not even a doctrine. Jesus is a person. And he wants you to know him and walk with him. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 begins with that reminder to trust him. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. If we trust Him, that will carry us through the times when circumstances in life don't make any sense. I mentioned uh, that beginning in the intro of, of my seeking the Lord that day and how that changed my life. Rather than praying that God would do something in my life or do something for me, to change my focus onto Him and seek Him and know Him and trust Him. That changed my life. I thank God that God did keep the promise in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge or know him, and he shall direct thy paths. As I begin to focus my attention each day on knowing him, God did, in fact, direct my paths. He did direct my life back to Cameroon, West Africa, where as of February, we were missionaries with Baptist World Mission for 22 years. And I thank God for the churches planted and the lives. I thank God for all of that. That began by saying, God, I want to know you and claim the promise you will direct my path. Maybe there's a young person here today and you're asking God those same questions. God, I, I want to know your will for my life. I want you to show me what you're going to do in my life. And, and, and the Bible is teaching us today. That's not how it works. God wants you to seek him and know him. And trust him. God did direct my path. I came back from uh, Cameroon on that trip and I knew God was calling me and leading me to Cameroon, but I, I needed to talk to uh, uh, my friend. And I came back and sat down with Rebecca and um, I began to just pour out all that God had done in my heart and life there in Cameroon. And I thank the Lord. She had some old, some old journals, 
some old diaries that she had, and she brought one out from when she was in junior high and how a missionary from West Africa had come to her church and uh, preached, and, and she surrendered her life to serve the Lord as a missionary in Africa. I didn't even know that. And God directed our paths. There have been times in our lives, I remember when um, the month, it was actually 23 years ago this month, um, we were scheduled to be in Wisconsin for the annual meeting of Baptist World Mission, and we were scheduled to be appointed as missionaries with Baptist World Mission, and then my, li- my wife went into labor, and uh, Andrew was born that day. And Andrew was very, very sick. He went into intensive care. We were in intensive care for some months. Uh, after a few weeks, they finally figured out what the problem was. They said, your son has this liver disease. He needs a liver transplant to survive. And we looked at each other, and we looked to the Lord, and we thought, Lord, we, we can't go to Africa as missionaries if we've got a son with a, a liver transplant, and, and we can't pray that you'll give him a liver transplant because that would mean somebody else's child would have to die. And so, God, we're just going to seek you and trust you as we desire to know you because we don't know what to do. And you know what? The Lord brought us through that, and God had other plans, and God did a miracle, and even though the doctors told us that Drew would have two months to live, uh, he's lived a few, uh, a few months longer than two months now, and uh, we thank God for the miracle that God did in his life. God did his own liver transplant, and, and God did a miracle in his body and raised him up, and, and I thank God for that. When we arrived in Cameroon, and we had a lot to learn, we were excited. We had Bible training. We had passion. We, had, we would go out. And I remember one time, uh, uh, one of our first weeks there, our, our landlady, she introduced us to the chief of her village. And I was so happy to meet him. And I put out my hand to shake his hand and greet it. And the man turned around and slapped my hand. And I was like, what's going on here? God, God I need help. This, I just did something really bad. I found out you're not supposed to touch the chief of the village. And here I am trying to greet him just like I would anybody else. And you're not supposed to do that. God, I need help. How am I supposed to share the gospel with people whose worldview is so drastically different from mine? God, I need to seek you and know you and trust you in this. And God brought us through all those cultural adjustments. I say all. We were, we were still learning to the last day. But he does bring us through that as we seek him and know him and trust him. Some of you know the... Last time I was here, uh, probably four years ago now, and I shared the testimony of our experience uh, as co-workers with Charles Wesco and his family and how he was shot and killed there. And, and we came back to the States and we were wondering, God, what, what are we supposed to do now? There's a civil war going on there. Are we going to be able to go back to Cameroon? Or do you have a different plan for us? Uh, do we need to go to another part of Cameroon? The other eight regions are peaceful and and we've already done some survey work there or what do you, what are we supposed to do next and I remember pulling into the driveway there at the mission house that we stayed in, in in 2019 and pulling in the driveway and turning off the engine and looking back at my wife and my four children and saying for the first time in my life as an adult I have no idea what God is doing I don't know what the next step is I looked at my kids and I said, I want to give you this commitment. If you will follow me and follow your daddy, I will keep seeking and knowing and trusting my daddy. 
I don't know where this journey is going, and I don't know what the next step is. But I want to know him and trust him. And he promised that he would direct our paths. And I thank God for his direction. He, he took us back to language school. I tell you what, learning a new language in your 40s is not fun, all right? But God took us back to language school, and we went back to the south region of Cameroon, and the Bibleite Baptist Church was established our last term there in Cameroon with Pastor Eugene, a Cameroonian brother there who's still pastoring the church. God directed our paths back here to the United States where I never even imagined ever living in Decatur, Alabama uh, and working and serving at Baptist World Mission, having opportunities like this to, to, to preach in chapels and in missions conferences, uh, to travel to different countries, to encourage missionaries. We never, never imagined that. How did we get here? People will ask, how, how did that happen? It happened because we seek the Lord, we desire to know Him, and we just keep trusting Him each step of the way. Young people, please get this lesson now. It doesn't end. I thought on that backside of that mud hut that if God would just show me where He wanted me to serve and who to marry, my life would be set. That's really what I thought. And I'm telling you in this testimony today, all of these junctures along life's journey, this is a lesson you will never end. It is important every day. I just noticed online my predecessor, uh, Dr. Bud Stedman, he just celebrated his 70th birthday. And you know what? He's still learning these lessons. You know, when I took this position in April, he had to go find out where he's going to live. God, where do you want me to live? Lord, help me find a house. All of these details in transition in life. You know, this, this never ends. This journey of seeking Him and knowing Him and trusting Him and claiming the promise that He will direct your paths is a lesson you are going to need the rest of your lives, young people. And so I hope that this testimony has been a help. Yes, God has an expected end for you. Yes, God has a plan for your life. But don't focus so much on what God is going to do. Seek Him and know Him and trust Him. Let's pray. Father, we do thank You so very, very much for the reminders as we've just kind of skimmed through the Scriptures looking for this theme. It is clear, God, You want us to know You. You want us to know You so badly that You sent Your Son to die in our place, to give us that hope and that way of, of salvation and eternal life with you because you want us to be restored in that relationship and you want us to know you and walk with you. And God, I thank you for that this morning. Help these students not to be distracted, not to miss in all of the wonderful things that they're learning in Bible college. Help them not to miss that key focus of knowing you every day of their lives. Lord, bless this college. Bless these students. Be glorified in their lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.